So I, I recently had like kind of a a semi extended trip when and I'm not generally not one who travels, but I've got a fair bit about a fair amount of follow up to talk about here. But can I briefly say that Chase is the worst company in America and, and <laughs> that every product they offer is flawed and not good? Was what do you mean? So let me open up my notes to find out exactly what the problem is here. Uh so for the first time ever, because I've generally been an American Express guy, um, so I haven't used Chase Ultimate Rewards before. Have you? Are you familiar with what that what that is? Very much so. Yes. Yeah. So apparently, I'm banned from using that. What'd you do? Apparently, according to the Office of Foreign Asset Control, um, I am un- unavailable to uh, to redeem points. Well, I ask you again, what did you do? I don't know. Maybe it's the show. Maybe I'm on some kind of list because... Huh. What did I allegedly say last week? Um... Oh, I can... I can. I, yeah, I, I can pull this up. I, I wrote it down as I was editing the, the last show. It was... I don't think I got this word for word, but it's something to the effect of... I was looking for pictures of Barack Obama to remember what a real president looked like, looked like and when the office had dignity... <laughs> It was really good. <laughs> really, really good. Because it just, you know, it was both snarky, but it was also like, huh, yeah, that's that actually is kind of a reasonable thing to do. So I genuinely think I'm on some kind of Trump list now uh, in, in conjunction with the NSA because, um, yeah, apparently be, uh, I because my because uh, Chase has an incredibly unsophisticated way um, of like managing like, I don't even know, like, I couldn't even understand what the excuse was. But yeah, apparently I'm on some weird list for, like, some just somebody with my name. And I have a fairly common name, probably not in the U.S., but, like, in, in other places. But yeah, I'm not allowed to use Chase Ultimate, Ultimate Rewards unless I call them, wait on hold for 15 minutes, and try to redeem these damn points for anything else. And the thing is, I want to redeem them because they're worth 50% more than just booking directly through Expedia or Kayak or something. But that was super annoying. And also, apparently, there's no appeals process, and I'm just... I have Confederate money, basically. Huh. Yeah, I, I I mean, just to just to be honest about it, I, it, it has to be because of your name. No, it certainly is. But the fact that, like... And then I was like, okay, like, that that's... I mean, it, it's a little bit annoying. But, like, yeah. I'm, I think, like, the person who was on the phone was, like, helpful. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, thank you for helping me make this reservation at the irvine marriott and um it was actually a very nice hotel i i strongly recommend it yeah it right i like the, the um i like the what's what are, what are they called the the windham the windham yeah. yeah but the the one by the one by the airport down there is really nice so this one was right across from the irvine spectrum center and it was actually it was, it was super convenient and you get to go visit the um kind of the london of orange county irvine um so. <laughs> wow that's huh are they are they um is, is I, don't, there, I, don't, is, I don't know when they're gonna brexit from orange county yeah that's what i was gonna that's what i was gonna ask yeah yeah huh. but anyway hey they both have gigantic ferris wheels and um and yeah, i don't know huh. it's breaking down but anyway um yeah as, as someone who's been to london and the irvine spectrum i'm I, i'm not i'm not seeing it but i think you should no the parallels are very obvious <laughs> okay uh-huh yeah, um, I'll t- I'll, t- I'll take your word for it. It's, it's been a, it's been a while since I've been to the Spectrum specifically. So, 
Oh, yeah, like, getting back to my story. Like, the, uh, so I was like, okay, well, thank you for helping me. Like, it, so is this going to happen every time or is this just kind of like a weird website issue? And they're like, she's like, no, you're going to have to call us every time you ever want to use your points. Nice. And I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that's great. You should probably um, just change your name. That seems like the easiest solution here. Yeah. Um, I mean, 50% extra extra value in points is kind of a big deal. It's really not. This is, <laughs> is why I fucking hate travel. Um, anyway, although uh, a double thumbs up for pre-check. Uh, yeah, I know. I need to, I need to do that. No, because the last two trips I had taken um, recently, like, uh, like I was like, oh my god, if I, because I, I had, I don't travel by air that much, except I've been doing it uh, quite a bit more this year or over the past twelve months, and and I was like, oh, I fucking hate airport security. This feels un-American. But no, like I, I both at SFO and LAX, um, pre-check in and out in like ninety seconds, breeze through, did nothing, didn't have to open a bag. I'm like, this is this is amazing. You know, I and I, I I now look forward to having just awful TSA experiences for like the next six months by jinxing it here. But I think part of the reason I haven't been that in, in that big of a rush to do the whole the whole pre-check thing is because, you know, the airports that I frequently travel in and out of are usually just kind of pretty easy. So there just isn't like a it's not like I'm regularly going through LAX or JFK or one of these just hellish airports. So for me, it's like, it's just, I don't know, like the indignity of taking off your shoes and your belt is just, oh no, I, I, I get it. And, and not having to take your laptop, um, out of your bag is great, which by the way, can I have a little, my own little aside here? So they, um, they make a point of telling you, you know, you have to take your laptop out. It's got to be in its own separate bin, but you do not and should not take out anything smaller than a laptop. And they, they usually specifically list out like an iPad, et cetera. It no less than like three or four times in the last year, my iPad's been flagged as a laptop, and I I've had to have my bag pulled off to the side. Hold on, can I can I can I interrupt and say that they are on the cutting edge of realizing that the iPad is a productivity machine? <laughs> perhaps, yeah, for perhaps we should we should maybe come back to that. But so I'm I'm in this position, and and then I've I've tried going the other way with it once or twice, where I've taken the iPad out of the backpack. And I get the the lecture of you know, sir, you don't need to take that out of your, your out of your backpack. So it's it's a, it's a lose lose situation for me. Not with pre-check. Yeah, no. And it's, and, and it's in the the Chase Reserve card gives gives you the credit for uh, pre-check and global no, I, entry. Anyway. I know they they well they not only give you the credit for pre-check, they give you credit for global entry as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. Let's do it. I, I I need to do it. Yeah, yeah. When you're visiting Mike. To learn about his multi-iPad life. <laughs> so that, that's so that actually, you know, we should pause and and acknowledge here that um, <laughs> with your with your name, you were able to get TSA pre-check, but not able to redeem your okay your your, your chase Hold on. points. Hold on, like because here's here's the thing, like and and then I I I have a a skill, like I I am very generally very good at talking to customer service folks, like because I I. I I've done that. Like as, I, as someone I who's it. as someone who's been in a customer facing role for for a while. Yeah. yeah. Like I am like very nice. And I, and I was like, and when when I'm like, oh, I have to do like, is this just a one time thing? She's like, no. And I was like, but like you you guys wouldn't care. Like I I, I spend thousands and thousands of dollars a month on this <laughs> card, and I could 
just go to Expedia and and uh and book the same thing. So like, what the, what the fuck's the difference? And I I didn't use foul language, but and and she's like, yeah, I I, I can see that point of view, and it makes sense. But unfortunately, uh, that's not how our software works. And uh, no. Hmm. So yeah, so great for that. So I, I so I look forward to hearing what your new legal name is on next week's show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that'd be it'd be that'd be interesting to see what you come up with. Oh, I pick the most generic name in the world. I I, I don't. Well, I don't know. Like then you, you would just end up in the same position you're in now. Well, no, but 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 I would have a. We'll we'll discuss this offline. But I I, <laughs> I I do not care for my name. Anyway, no, you should you shouldn't say it here. Otherwise, it's just going to get flagged again. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, fucking NSA. All right. Uh-huh. Hey, guys. <laughs> Thank you for being listener number nine. <laughs> Sorry, let me be more conservative. Number three. Um, but no, in terms, of, in terms of the trip, there's a couple of things that I, I have to, to bring up that I've had kind of just floating around in my brain. Um, the, it, it, it behooves people to visit Los Angeles more often to remind yourself that San Francisco is not actually a big city. And it needs to knock off its uh, its pretension. I, I I feel like I call that exact fact out almost on a weekly basis on this show. That San Francisco is not show? not indicative. Yeah, that San Francisco is not indicative of anything outside of San Francisco. And I I love San Francisco, and I very much enjoy living here. Kind but, of. <laughs> but Sorry, I let's, would let's temper that but yeah yeah but i but i would never ever make the argument that san francisco is in any way representative of anything other than san francisco big city or otherwise like i th- i think some people think that it's well those like, those those people are are very wrong are what's but... are what's wrong with san francisco but that's that's a separate but but the, every every city has that though that's not a san francisco thing people there are plenty of people who live in manhattan who think that you know, Manhattan is representative of anything else. And, and Manhattan's exactly the same way, where it, there's nothing else that Manhattan's indicative of other than itself. It's a it's a totally separate thing. Well, but I think Manhattan and, and L.A. share much more in common than Los Angeles and San Francisco. Oh, I, I don't think so at all. I, th- I think so. In terms of being urban centers that have a ton of diversity and, like, just have so many more people in them. Like, uh, I, I don't I'm know, sure. Man. I mean, the population numbers, I guess, but I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, San Francisco needs to to to, to cut its bullshit out a little bit, but um, yeah. Um, and no, like, but yeah, I, I had a, a very a very fun trip. That was nice. Um, got to see the Pixar exhibit at the California Science Center, which was neat. Um, I did not know that they had the decommissioned uh, space shuttle Endeavor there, which is very very impressive and, and really cool to see in person. So. And were the um were the photos that you were taking is that on your uh, Sony mirrorless camera? No, no, it's it's all from my iPhone seven. No, not at all. It's it's my fancy camera. I'm Instagram cheating. But um, oh, so no, it, it was with your Sony camera. Oh yeah, yeah. You know, okay. I, I don't have a seven plus. I'm not a monster. Uh huh. Um, but so that was fun, and um. LA did have uh, one one big advantage that uh, I was able to go to Shake Shack for the first time, and this leads into some very important follow up. I don't I don't know if I would call that an advantage, but but continue. Wait, huh? Advantage? You said you said you, that would be an advantage over San Francisco, right? Oh no, I, I just mean that was one of the advantages of the trip. 
which oh. I was finally able to try it because oh, uh, okay. Shake Shack actually does have California locations. They do. There's like three or four in, in Los Angeles County and uh, there is one of them over there and it, it's in uh, West Hollywood. So, so, so one thing I can't, I, I can't think of others off the top of my head, which makes this story a little less compelling, but I've noticed that the LA area has sort of become like a novelty destination for fast food chains that aren't otherwise in California. So they'll be like, you know, like a, like Shake Shack is the one example I can think of now where it's like, there really aren't any other Shake Shacks on the West coast outside of, I guess there's, there's one in, in New York, New York hotel in Vegas. But, um, other than that, they're, they're not really around that area, but LA sort of has like these little one-off places that, you know, like they've got it. They've got a couple of Dunkin' Donuts locations now. Which, so, which so does everything. Which doesn't, I'm jealous about, but doesn't wait. I, I we just the Bay Area. No, we we just less than a year ago got a Walnut Creek location, and then a couple of months ago got a South San Francisco location. But that those were the first two, and and only two currently. Got it. Well, we we have Super Duper so in Blue Barn, so they they can they can sit on it. Oh, uh, we can we, we can circle back to Blue Barn too after you're done with uh, whoa, whoa. Shake Shack here. That's on the list. Again, it's all collapsed in Omni Outliner. There's so much hiding here. We're not going to talk um, about anything else on the on our outline, but, but that's again, okay. When I warned you I have a lot to talk about this week, I wasn't joking. Sure, yeah. Um, so no, but uh, Shake Shack, uh, so this has a little mini- uh, miniature story in, its, in and of itself. So when I went there as I was uh, coming home from my trip, which um, I, I ended up getting the Pope spot there. So that was nice. I, like, you, you know, Sorry, really, you, you ended up getting what? The Pope spot? But the Pope spot. Are you not familiar with this term? No. So it's it's the parking space that would generally be reserved for the Pope if he were in town. Huh. So the the, the Pope, the Shake Shack's anticipating that they would be a stop for when the Pope visits LI? No, it's it's just like it's 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 a it's a term of like you can have the Pope spot at Whole Foods or, or Trader Joe's or, or wherever you want it to be. It's just if if it's the best possible parking space that again, if the Pope were in town that they would reserve for the Pope Mobile. I think the Pope would shop at Trader Joe's personally. I think no, I think the Trader Joe or sorry, not Trader Joe's. <laughs> sorry, the Pope is not Trader Joe. It's not his name. Um <laughs> Pope Francis. No, he he probably seems like more of a Whole Foods guy. Or may or maybe or maybe a Molly Stones. I don't think I don't think he's concerned about getting uh off brand um caramel corn or no, Pope Francis has has done a job, a, a nice job of sort of casting a, a wider net over um, over he, the world. So I, yeah, I think he is one of the more positive influences Catholicism has had for a very long time. Right. So I, that's why I think that something like Whole Foods would maybe be a little too, I don't know, a, a little too um, fancy for him. I think I think he'd want to appeal more to the everyday man. Sure. And I think Pope Francis actually slyly told donald trump to go fuck himself so that's he's, he's okay in my book exactly anyway what's, what was my story the pope spotted in shake shack so no, it was like a very busy like uh downtown area like across from the w hotel and stuff like but it, so i got that and so in i didn't realize i was parked uh in front of the uh ushers um <laughs> star on the walk of fame so that that, that boded well for the trip huh they you, you didn't take any pictures of that i actually did but i thought um, i was didn't. probably didn't post them online. on uh instagram um uh like uh dumping too much stuff on there i try to be careful and to not waste people's attention on social media sure 
anyway, so, so yeah, <laughs> but, but they can't can't say the same for this show. But that's a different story. Anyway, <clears throat> um, <laughs> you you can you can edit all this crap. I don't I don't even care. This doesn't have to be C-SPAN. There's no. Oh, there doesn't need to be. <laughs> no people people like the ones like this. It's fine. Okay, we have to change the name of the show because no nobody nobody gives a damn about technology. T T, t-, t- word t word correct let's we'll we'll modernize it tc2000 i don't know um anyway so yeah so so shake shack great parking space in front of usher's star on the walk of fame um so no i I went and uh great food we need to start dismantling all the in and outs because no 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 no. this is is, i can't stand by this no because we're we're slack sorry the screen's too big um <laughs> I'm I'm serious cuz can you give me like can you give me some of the pixels from your from your 5K display? You don't need all those. I could screenshot it. Um but no, it, it was very good cuz here's the thing, I don't understand like in and out is fine and it's a good value, but um it's not that good. Like the the, the patties are always like super well done. Like we we talked about this. People can refer to whatever this episode minus 2 <laughs> is when we talked for fa- about fast food for an hour but um shake shack was very very good um the burger was fantastic their fries are very on par with like del taco fries which are to say they're they're fine they're better than like in the jack in the box but they're below an in and out or or sorry they're below um a mcdonald's or a super duper but they did have um barbecue bacon cheese fries that were actually surprisingly delicious I was gonna. I was gonna ask you what those were. Yeah, so they're good. So anyway, that was a, that was a good way to to cap off the trip, and I'm I'm glad I tried it because I and I did specifically think about the whole Ringer's top fifty fast food items, and and I strongly disagree, or I vehemently disagree with their assertion that In and Out is 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 the the top dog in terms of um of fast food burgers, but. Very good. People should go. And also, um, <laughs> the little thing they give you while you're waiting, uh, like your little like buzzer thing um, for when your food's ready, is ergonomically better in every way than the Apple TV remote. And I don't know <laughs> why. I'll, in a minute, I'll find it in iPhoto. But um, I was like, Johnny Ive needs to go get some fast food and learn how to design a, a, a damn proper... Uh, I think a, sh- a Shake Shack is probably, if you had to make a list of places that you were least likely to run into Johnny Ive, I, I feel like Shake Shack would probably be on that list. We'll, 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 we'll get into Johnny Ive later with, with this whole Mac Pro thing, but um, yeah. <sighs> anyway. Um, anyway. So yeah, so uh, fun trip overall glad i went to shake shack i probably i could have gone it was the choice was doing some like bs fancy food adventure of finding some like uh, hipster place that um that has fancy food or get some cronut cruffin hybrid with with an egg on it people need to stop putting eggs on things but um no i I ended up going here and it was it was very good have you have you been to a chick-fil-a before yes okay many many times okay yeah, like I think okay. I, yeah. I think we talked about this during the the fast food episode. It's like, no, there's one in Novato, and um, yeah, the spicy chicken deluxe sandwich or whatever the hell it's called is 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 very good and and highly recommended. Yeah, that those have been those have been cropping up down in Southern California um, more recently as well. That's why I was oh, thinking yeah. about it. Yeah, I think there's a couple in Mission Viejo and Laguna Niguel. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. 
very good. Um, and that goes on to uh, it, Gruber and a few people linked to this whole Android Auto versus CarPlay thing. CarPlay is the absolute worst, and <laughs> and Siri is bad, and Apple should feel bad. Um, I think like I've had I actually when when I got my new car, I think I talked about CarPlay, and I actually had a pretty positive response to it. But no, um, uh, Google Maps is exceptionally terrible in Southern California. In it, and it, it, it's 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 incomprehensible how Google Maps or Apple Maps, Apple Maps. Sorry, you, if I you, say, you say. Well, I actually I was I was going to say that Google Maps is actually really bad in Southern California too. But we can, we can come back to that. Yeah. Um. Let me see. I'm not sure if I'll be able to do this fast enough, but I have a couple of uh, angry screenshots I took in traffic. Um. Of fucking. Uh, so, Apple Maps has this thing where it will tell you. Um, like what what turn you're supposed to make or what highway you're supposed to make, but it's it's labeled like you know how sometimes certain highways are named two things, like it can be two separate, like it can be 101 and it can also be some weird like small random highway. Sure, it yeah. will like it will speak the directions for the entirely wrong thing, yet the map if you look at it will tell you what it actually is, and it causes you to miss your turn. Nice every every damn time, and then I have to go open Google Maps and get the actual routing instructions. But the problem with that is that Google Maps does not have a CarPlay app, which I don't blame Google for. <laughs> and therefore, if I ever switch over to my podcast, w- the way CarPlay works is it will then, whenever you switch apps on the car screen, it will actually change the application that's in focus on your iPhone. So therefore, anytime I switch over to Pocket Casts, it will stop showing me the Google Maps on my phone. Hmm. And it, it makes absolutely no sense. And I'm just reminded at the absolute magic and fantasticness that is Google Maps in the sense that it is impossible to add, or as far as I can tell, add a stop on like a route inside of Apple Maps. Like you can't just say, I'm going here, but I would also like to stop at a Chick-fil-A on the way or something. Like, And Google Maps does that beautifully uh, and has more accurate traffic and all that kind of stuff. But I just, I don't know. Yeah, I I retract any positive things I have ever said about about CarPlay. Yeah, I'm I'm glad that I didn't go out of my way to get CarPlay in my car because I was the same as you, where I, I figured that it had to be at least decent and 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 better than you know what else is out there with built-in car systems. But like, it's not bad. Evidently and, not. And, and and I and I do I okay. And this is probably more of um, the developers of Pocket Casts, but. Pocket Casts, it, like CarPlay is worth it for me because of it allows me to navigate and uh, select podcasts in a, in a safe manner while driving. But um, other than that, like it's, 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 it's not very good and Siri is bad and, and it's, 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 it's really bad. So, hmm. um, and I think in the Bay area, like, uh, like it's, it's been like seven years since I've lived in Southern California full time. So I'm less familiar with it than I used to be. And I think maybe in the Bay Area, since I generally know where I'm going, the glaring errors and omissions in the directions maybe don't bother me. Or maybe because it's in... Um, oh, wait. I have totally been sending this um, to the wrong person. Sorry, you haven't, you haven't received any of the screenshots I've been sending because it's, it's gone to the wrong uh, Slack channel. Oh, nice. Nice. Um, oh, that's really good. Can can you say uh, can you say where it's been going or is that, is that, that no, top it's secret? Been going, it's been going to a to a work uh, to a work to, to cool. a coworker, huh? Yep. 
that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, they they might they might be interested in it. <laughs> there we go. So there's there's the the three things I've been talking about. Okay. Again, this is this is not an expertly crafted show. I I apologize. No, that's that's fine. Um, say cheese burger. Okay, that's sorry. That's, so that that's that's creative. that's, that's, that's the ergonomic uh, little remote. And then the other one is uh, CarPlay suggesting uh, rather than taking one on one, it say it says Cal- uh, California two, which is not on any signs or anything that would actually be useful to anybody. Right. Um, and then there's beautiful Google Maps. Yeah. So that's, that's about. Um, Everything I've got. So I want to. Uh, so yeah, like, um, other bits of stray follow up. Uh, do you want to cover what happened with uh, Amazon now, which people will remember from your um, unsuccessful attempt to visit it? So you're. So it's understandable you're getting this confused, but you're referring to Amazon Go. Wait, what I say? <laughs> that 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 refill on that wine's been doing you well. <laughs> no, what did I say? You said Amazon now. Sorry, I'm confusing this because I always, I, I should probably just uninstall one of the apps. But on Apple TV, I can never remember the the difference between Amazon or sorry, Amazon, HBO Go and HBO Now. Yeah, like those are like every video on demand or over the top app is called Now or Go, and that needs that needs to change. So Amazon Go, right? Uh huh, has been delayed. Right. So what what happened? <laughs> well, so they, um, as I mentioned when we talked about this, they had said early 2017 on their website, which is what made me think that it would be open when we were up there a few weeks ago. As was chronicled on that episode, it was not. And so it came out, um, I guess, last week or, or, or the week before that um, that the Amazon Go has been delayed from opening to the general public. And, and the reasons are that I feel like they were fairly candid about this. Um Basically, the, the, the system they have set up between the cameras and sensors and, and things that make it so that, you know, you don't have to um, interact with anyone and you, and you automatically get checked out basically don't work if there's more than like a handful of people in the store, which, you know, kind of seems like a, a pretty big limitation. And there were some other things, too. They listed, like, if you pick up something but then decide to put it back, that that, that like, wasn't always detected correctly. Um, seems important. It seems kind of important. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I, I, part of me wants to believe that, well, maybe they these are just some like, you know, minor hardware and software issues they can work through. But then a, a, a bigger part of me kind of thinks that maybe this whole thing just is, you know, five years too early or something. I I hope everything for the best for them. Like, cause it sounds like my 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 dream. Um, so I, I hope everything works out for them. I, I assume, like again, that they Amazon runs half half the damn internet with AWS. I'm sure they can figure this out. So I assume the next time either of us ends up in the Pacific Northwest, we'll be able to buy buy a deli sandwich and some vitamin water with or some some Lacroix. With uh, <laughs> with our Amazon app, and and Jeff Bezos gets texted the receipt. Can you just buy? You can't just buy single cans of Lacroix, can you? You can at Whole Foods for like, like fucking a dollar twenty nine. It's 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 ridiculous. It makes me so upset, and I kind of want. I still want to buy it every time, but I'm like, no, I can get a, I can get a twelve pack of you at f- for five dollars at Safeway. All right. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so Amazon Go. Um, 
again, fingers crossed that it's just minor technical stuff they're working through, but I don't know, seems like kind of an ominous thing that maybe it it's it's a little too early. But we'll see. All right, additional follow-up. Um I got Pandora Premium finally. Um I'm not on the cutting edge or the the super insider exclusive list like you were, but finally got it. Um, well, you got that nice note from Tim though. I I didn't I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah, after afterward he he invited me. Uh he listened to the podcast. He in, invited me to 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 lunch down in downtown Oakland and in along Lake Merritt and said uh, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's actually it's actually uptown Oakland, but anyway. Downtown uptown it's it's all the same. Uh-huh. Um doesn't doesn't it all border Lake Merritt sort of? No, not really, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Th- thanks for playing along. Yeah. Um but yeah, Tim sent me a very nice email and he and he apologized. But um yeah, the only upside of this is that the CarPlay app is not entirely broken now. But other than that, um, there's no iPad app. There's no web app. It only works on the iPhone. And I've found, like, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but I think, like, does it, is the radio function now less good? Like, does does it does it fall under different licensing? Because it seems like I'm getting older music for stations that are supposed to have current music and there's less variety i i don't think the radio functionality's changed in any way hmm. but yeah i i don't i don't love the app or service just because it seems like there's too little um distinction between radio and your music and i i don't really see any big semblance of like a library of your music it seems like it's all search based um well it, it kind of it's all search based when you don't immediately have what you want to listen to surface to you but it it seems like it does a nice job of when you first open the app and you i guess i, I can open it here just to make sure i kind of got like my terminology right and it's going to probably start playing music here yeah there it does um but when you go to, I, I guess it's the, I guess it's just called like the My Music screen. You know, it, it surfaces the things that you've been listening to most frequently. Um, and also even when you go to like the the Browse tab, it, it seems to surface things that you're interested in. But I mean, but you're right. I mean, beyond that, you you are sort of just left with a search box. Yeah, it just seems like there's no way to just see like what is music I have saved. That I've said, like, I've added to my library and I want to see what this is. And it seems like there's no way to do that. Because it's because even when I go to browse, it's suggesting all this music in these playlists that I have that I haven't said I wanted. Yeah, that I actually I haven't really played around with um downloading tracks or sort of like managing a library similar to what you would do with Apple Music. I, I haven't haven't done any of that yet. Yeah. I, I really do spend probably 90 plus percent of my music listening time doing the radio thing so on demand just doesn't really have a big place in my music listening habits <laughs> yeah so overall like i'm i'm glad like i think the introductory offer or whatever the deal that the tim relayed to me uh was that um apparently like you get six months at the pandora plus or pandora one rate and then it goes up to whatever the ten dollars a month is. Right. So there's time to try it out. I don't. I don't think I'll switch from Spotify. I, I like. I genuinely do like Spotify. So hmm. yeah. 
Um, next up in follow up uh, that I wanted to address is that you have a new favorite Blue Barn sandwich. I do, yeah, I do, and I, I cannot cannot even think of what it's called now. Well, which one did I have? Uh, you, it was well. I'm just I'm just naming sandwiches I enjoy. There's the rooster. There's the Rachel uh, that, Cajun. That, that, there's that's the what it was. Blue. Yeah, it was it was the rooster. The rooster. So what is what does that one consist of? So that one's well. So it's chicken, of course. Um, it's got this kind of aioli sauce on it. Um, bacon. Um, I think there's some avocado involved. Um, it's on a ciabatta roll, if I remember correctly. Um, great. Really good. Yeah, really really good. Um, and then this, is that the, the one that has like a buffalo sauce or like a spicy sauce on it, or is that something else? The, the aioli's n- not a buffalo sauce, but it's a little on the spicier side, I would say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm sorry. That's probably the buffalo blue. I'm sorry. I'm I'm slow. No, I'll, the one that well, you still need to try. Yeah. No. Next next time I go, I think I'll I'll give that one a shot. Um, but no. So some other follow up that's blue barn related. The that location that we were talking about an episode or two ago, um, is now open. Um, and, and, and much to my surprise, not only have they opened that location, but they've actually kept their old location too. So the, the other location is sort of like a peak time to go spot. And then the other place is more of a sit down, although you can, you can do takeout, but they, they also have plenty of tables and chairs and things. Um, but a pretty, pretty bold strategy to have two physical locations, um, in one of the most expensive parts of San Francisco. So, you know, kudos to them for being able to, to pull that off. I mean, it seems smart. Like, that's what uh, Homeroom in Oakland did. Like, they had their main Homeroom's location that was very, very successful. And they ended up doing what's called Homeroom to Go, which um, offered just takeout, which which seems to be working out for them. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad Blue Barn is growing. I hope that one day they can think about doing online ordering or taking American Express, whatever, whatever floats their boat. <laughs> These are just ideas. As Darth would say, I, I am just saying. Right. Um, no, but Blue, so we, so we've actually been to Blue Barn twice since we last spoke. And I had, I had been to Blue Barn probably two times in the last 18 months prior to that. It, it's, it's really good. I stand by what I what I've said on the show before. It it is really expensive. It's really it's expensive. not though. It it's really, not. But it really is. Everything in the marina is twenty six dollars. <laughs> I think I think that's that's probably like neighborhood law. You have to you have to be you have to be this broish to live here, and you have to, everything has to be twenty six dollars. Well, yeah. I mean, you you know that if there's one word to describe me, it would it would be a bro. You're an exemption. You were you were you were grandfathered in <laughs> during the Civil War. <laughs> the, the, um, I'm sorry. What the Marine? The Marina Civil War? Yeah, yeah. Is that was that like some type of Twitter feud with a Marina girl or something? Yeah, that that account doesn't get updated that much anymore. But it no, was still good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um. But anyway, so I I I, I do stand by what I said. It, it's it's expensive, but it's it's re, it's really good, really really good. And their their menu is um a lot bigger than I remember it. I, I when I when I went for the the first time um, since we since we last spoke, that's what I was most struck by was I I didn't realize they had that many different sandwiches. I guess I always thought there was just a just a handful, and I actually wonder if maybe the smaller location in the marina maybe didn't even have their full menu. Maybe because I don't know the, the one uh, the one in Marin uh, has like there's a solid twelve sandwiches, 
And then you have the the like maybe eight salads, and you have the the you pick salad menu. Yeah, and I feel like the again I had only been once or twice, and it was a while ago. But I feel like the the smaller location, the marina, only couldn't have had more than like six sandwiches or so on the menu. Mm. But did they have the abomination that's called the Provo? I don't remember. I don't remember that one even at the bigger location I went to. Well, maybe I can give a, a public service announcement. Nobody in their right mind should ever buy what is called the Provo at Blue Barn. It is basically six pounds of cheese in between <laughs> two two slices of bread. It is fine, but it is too much cheese. If you want grilled cheese, you can come over to my apartment, and, and I will make you the world's best grilled cheese. And I, and I will put my name behind that. It'll be like a Ron Papil type thing. I it, The Provo is needs to be banned. I think Ed Lee... And the CDC need to need to fix that. But <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe when we um, do the the live show, we've been talking about forever offline. Um, maybe we can we can have some grilled cheeses when we do that. Yeah. Again, I, I do not know how to make many things, but I make terrific grilled cheese and calzones, and actually a pretty good pizza too from scratch. Calzones. Uh, uh, yes, calzones. Hmm. How do you? Calzones great. What do you do with the the crust there? You don't make your own crust, do you? Mm-hmm. You do. It depends. If I'm being lazy, I'll just go get pre-made uh, dough at, at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods, or um, sometimes certain uh, pizza places will actually just sell you their dough. But I've tried making it on my own, and and the success has it, it's it's fine. We have one last bit of follow up where I think I got really angry about Apple and their inability to ship anything. Uh, or or give a damn about the uh, I think it's called the Macintosh. I'm I'm not not familiar with what that is. Is that is that like iOS? I think it's like Windows, but worse. <laughs> sure. Um, remember they skipped Windows nine. Okay. Anyway, so uh, they did a thing with. Uh, so this is so we talked about the Mac Pro not getting any updates, and I I was very angry about the the MacBook Pro updates and just Apple's kind of disdain apparent like apparently for any type of Mac hardware or anything that wasn't an iPhone. So uh, let's let's I think that takes us into actually like our actual first actual topic, which is the Mac Pro is being taken off life support and is being uh, rebuilt, and and they have uh, they had this weird like conference with six and and i have i i have some problems with how this actually went down but they had like um a, a private press briefing with six journalists that i think they thought were gonna be friendly to them like i don't want to take anything away that i think they're all very qualified journalists but i think it's it's kind of weird and, and disingenuous a little bit that these are like hand-selected journalists that they think will will be kind to whatever they have to say or extremely receptive and in, in not critical um but yeah it was john uh, john gruber from daring fireball uh the dude from TechCrunch. i think there's somebody from recode and there were a few other people <laughs> what do you mean what what i don't know I, i'm i'm actually looking at the the list of the people who were there and it just it was i don't know it's just it's kind of funny listening to you describe them that way but <laughs> am i wrong no 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 you're not wrong at all well no so it was it was matt panzerino from TechCrunch who's uh -huh. I enjoy his writing and he's great, but, and then there was some dude from Recode maybe, and I don't know the other three, but anyway, they're generally probably more mature tech writers, which, which is good, but, um, 
yeah anyway like I, I just found it weird that they you can basically just pick and choose and be like oh i think you're gonna give us a fair shake in whatever we have to say and, and so we'll give you inside access i but i i guess i don't really get that that's that's what apple does with every single one of their events they handpick the media that comes the media can't just register to attend an apple event well sure but it's, but it's like you when you have like media going to like the wwdc keynote like it's it's like 120 people like it's not but they're but they're all handpicked by apple there's no one and there's no one there um, I, I guess unless a journalist happens to get a wwdc ticket through the lottery system but there, there isn't. It's not like like E three, for example. If you're media, you can just register to attend. You know the um, um, the ESA doesn't doesn't you know monitor who really gets a badge or not. But Apple Apple always handpicks media for their events. This is just on a smaller scale. Yeah, I, I don't know. But, but that, that that's that's my complaint. I, I yeah, I, I think it's probably more, there's a more when you, when Apple has a regular press event. I think there's a way more diverse mix of people, and I think. Again, like John Gruber is a very like he he's very even handed and he is in a lot of ways like thoughtfully critical about Apple. So like and I mean he's he's great, but I don't know. It, it feels a little bit weird. I think I, I would have liked Jason Snell at this event. I think that would have made a lot of sense and, and maybe provided that, you know, other other voice that you're looking for, but yeah, I mean, he, he covered that a little bit on this week's upgrade. Like, one, he, well, he wasn't invited, but he also wouldn't, couldn't have gone anyway. But, um, yeah, so, like, the actual meat of the story is that the, the Mac Pro is a product that hasn't been updated in, like, fucking like 1,100 days. It's it's three and a half years old without, any, uh, without an update, without a price drop, and Apple has just been kind of just, like, pretending uh, that this is a, a viable product that they care about or or that, like, should still be for sale at the exact same price. And they had this whole event where they took those those six people in and had a I think it was a ninety minute kind of like uh, interview slash presentation with them, and they talked about the the Mac Pro, how that whole thing when Phil Schiller went up on stage and said can't innovate my ass, and they debuted the Mac Pro. It actually turns out that that was a, a flawed design, and it's a computer that was not tenable to update. They had some key design issues and. Um, like some of the bets they made, like um, parallelism in like multi GPU situations, was not something that's going to pan out. Um, and that like the the whole trash can Mac is just it's it's getting the can. So they need to nice. redesign it. Nice. I think I stole that joke from literally everybody on the internet. <laughs> so I, I I do not take credit for that. Um. But they are going to kind of probably start from scratch or make make a, a Mac Pro that's more modular and is probably maybe something closer to the 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 cheese grater Mac that that I coveted as a as a teenager, um, which makes more sense. And um, I I'm I'm just I, I want some opinions here as to whether or not you think this was a good approach for this, if their choice of journalists was right or if this was like a, an appropriate way to handle the situation uh like what the deal is with them announcing something a year early like they're they basically during this press conference said that um there will that we understand this is the deal we're going to make very very minor processor bumps to this product um this year to placate some people and that we'll actually release a new product um next year well, so see that actually, if you, if we want to focus on the things that we have problems with, what you just said is is my number one complaint so far. 
So Apple, when they when they gave this, I don't even know what you call it, talk with these these journalists, they indicated that new Mac Pros would, and this is actually a quote from Gruber's article, will not ship this year. But nowhere in any of the reporting did they indicate that these new Mac Pros were coming out in 2018. And in Gruber smartly calls it out in his article. He says, I hope that means next year, but all Apple said was not this year. And I saw like 12 different articles of the headline that, you know, Apple not shipping new Mac Pros until, 20, you know, until 2018. These things might not come out in 2018. I think it's a reasonable guess that they would, but the fact that everybody's running around with the the concept these are coming out in 2018 is super lazy journalism to me. But I think it has to. There's like cuz then that means if you're saying it's not in 2018, then that means literally you have to go like 21 months without another update, which which there's even Apple, there's no way in hell they're going to sell a computer that's 5 years old. Maybe, but but anyway, I, I just make the point that 2018 is is not in any way a confirmed date. Um, but to to get back to your original question, I I do think this is a really smart way of going about this. Um, the the choice of journalists doesn't bother me because of my earlier point that Apple handpicks journalists to every one of their events, so I, I don't see how you could have a problem with just this event and not everything else they do. So I you know I don't really give any particular thought on that. Um, with this. Um, and, you know, I think one of the things I was most surprised by in what they talked about, and um, it gets to kind of the other the other point why I think this was really smart, is that the Mac Pro represents such a small, small percentage of not only their overall revenue, but even just their Mac revenue. I, I'm having trouble finding the exact section of Gruber's article where he talks about this, but Oh, here we go. Um, they, they, Apple, which they don't usually talk about this, you know, went into some details about kind of what the split was between desktops and laptops. And, you know, they said that it was, um, 80 20 between laptops and desktops, which, um, you know, Gruber calls out and I agree with him that I, I'm a little surprised the mix is even that high with desktops. I, I would have guessed something like 90 10 or 85 15. Um, but in, in any case, Apple not only talked about that, but then they said that, you know, the Mac Pro of that um, 20% of, of desktop sales represents a single digit of, um, I'm sorry, not, not, it's not of the 20%, it's, a, it's of overall Mac sales, it represents a single digit of overall Mac sales. And, you know, Gruber kind of makes the quip in his article that, he has a, a gut feeling that that single digit is a lot closer to one than it is to nine. And I, and I, I think that's probably a, a pretty reasonable guess. Um, so anyway, that, that's all a long, a long winded way of saying that, you know, it would not have made sense to do an event. It would not have made sense to even do like a press release. The reality is that the Mac Pro just doesn't impact a significant number of people and it doesn't really impact the kind of mainstream consumer. So, you know, I, I think this is a really smart way of, of doing it. And, and I think the timing makes sense, you know, pre-announcing a product at least a year in advance kind of goes against everything Apple's ever done. 
but I, I think given what a unusual situation this is, I, I think it was it was smart for Apple to do it. It's probably smart, but it's also I don't, like it. Sure, it's a product that they don't care about cannibalizing because it's not something that like like again. Yeah, I assume it's probably maybe a two per. Maybe maybe even one percent. Like it maybe one out of every hundred Macs that's sold is, is a Mac Pro. But like I mean, again, my main complaint about this whole thing and the Mac Pro has just been kind of the um like the most iconic example of the neglect that the Mac has faced in the um like the ascendance uh, or ascension of the of iOS and that kind of stuff. It's just like the whole entire Mac line hasn't gotten as much love or attention as it needs. And like the, the iMac, like a computer I genuinely love in this, like, again, this is the computer I've been most happy with, I think, in like the past decade. Um, Like that hasn't gotten any updates in like a year and a half. And allegedly something will like apparently what they say that I the iMac will get professional geared configurations and stuff. And then, I mean, that's fine. But in, in the whatever the biggest release of uh, or revision to a, a Mac product in recent years has been the, the touch bar MacBook pro. And a lot of people like generally are saying it's like, it's, it's not really that good or worth it. It makes a lot of compromises and it actually like the touch bar doesn't really add that much for, for most people in a lot of ways it makes the computer legitimately worse. So I don't know, like it just seems like my complaints or concern for the attention that's paid towards the Mac. And also, I know you hate this, but Apple's moral obligation to make quality computers um, still kind of stands. But it does... The one bright spot about this whole thing was that uh, Apple suggested they're getting back into the display business, which makes me more hopeful overall for the fate of of the Mac as like a, a professional... Like like a computing platform that appeals towards professionals or like power users. So I don't know. Overall, this this left me feeling more confident than I've been in a bit. But kind of, only well, kind of. Well, and you know, I I do disagree with that kind of like moral obligation idea. But in a lot of ways, it it kind of seems like Apple feels that way because I think one of the the overall really smart things that Gruber points out in his write-up is that Apple sort of like during this meeting, it sounds like they kind of mostly described like a bunch of reasons why it would make sense for them to discontinue the Mac pro that, you know, they not only did they call out those uh, market share percentages that we talked about a minute ago, but they, you know, it sounds like they also kind of went on and on about how, you know, most people are fine with a laptop and even the ones that need a desktop, you know, the current set of iMacs are more than powerful enough to, to meet their needs. And that it really is only a fraction of a fraction of people who, you know, aren't satisfied by uh, the iMac. But despite all of that, Apple still is, you know, going to invest in, in redesigning the Mac Pro. So, you know, Clearly, they're not doing it only for market share or, or probably even financial reasons. So it, it kind of seems like, you know, perhaps they they do feel some type of obligation that goes beyond just, um, you know, the dollars and cents, as you would say. And again, a good, sane company can't only be powered by the dollars and cents. Like, 
again, so many companies that just chase that type of thing end up being unsuccessful over time because you're forgetting what makes your your product portfolio and your brand valuable. So again, I I am going to stick to the whole, there's a moral and fundamental obligation that Apple has to make quality computers. But I mean, yeah, I think that this Mac, like the whole Mac Pro thing is probably closer to, to proving that case out than any, anything else. And I'm, and I'm glad that they're finally doing it. Um, what, what is Phil Schuller's job title specifically? Like what's his deal? He's VP. He's not VP of marketing. Is he VP of, of product? Well, did, didn't his his title changed right in, in that in that kind of last shuffle? Does he now control the App Store or what's what's his? Deal? Yeah, I think that's right. He's senior vice president of marketing at Apple. Like I don't know. I just I he seems like somebody who's always been committed to the Mac and kind of like I don't know. I just I hope he. I don't know. I, I hope I hope things. Stay positive, and they and they understand what how why this product's important to both the developers that help fuel the success of their most popular product, uh, the iPhone, and to a far far lesser extent the iPad. Um, but I don't know, man. I just it, this this seems kind of positive, but again, the the optics and the the actual way that it happened is is what I think is going to be more. I don't know. It's just it's interesting. Yeah, I I think it I think it's really interesting, and I and I think it's it's the right move, and it it's so so unApple like everything about this was so unApple like. But you know, we 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 kind of joke sometimes about like the new Apple, but th- this re- this really is a sign that it, that Apple seems to be a lot more self aware and a lot more willing to. You know, not not necessarily like fully admit that they've made a mistake, but but come oh, pretty. Oh, they, they, cer- they certainly didn't. No, but but come pretty darn close to to doing that, and that that's you know e- even even coming as close as they did. That's a that's a huge departure from their attitude in the past. Yeah, I mean the the and and then to to move things along a little bit. Um, the only other so what would. Let's shift gears entirely. What, what do you think of the the workflow acquisition in terms of talking about things that are maybe um, pro user centric or maybe indicative of where if Apple has completely lost the priorities that maybe power users care about? Um, what, what do you what do you think about the workflow ac- acquisition? Also, the not this week's episode, but last week's episode of Upgrade, I thought had a really good conversation around that. And you know, the long of the short of that was that there's a really optimistic view you can take or a really pessimistic view where you know the pessimistic view would be apple is sort of only interested in the talent there and that they ultimately don't you know incorporate some of workflows technology and ideas into ios but then the flip side on the positive side is well now they they recognize that multitasking and the way that that apps talk to one another is too limited for iOS to become a more like primary computer type OS and that Apple's recognizing that they need to build in that type of technology. And they felt that it was best to go out and, you know, instead of trying to build it themselves, go out and just acquire kind of a, a proven way of doing that. Um, and if, if the, if the positive, um, you know, if, if the positive side of that is true, then I think that's another sign that 
you know, Apple's becoming a lot more self-aware and they're also doing a, a better job of listening to their audience and understanding what their concerns are, what they feel like the shortcomings of their current offerings are, and then not only listening, but then actually, you know, taking action um, on that feedback. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm concerned, and I'm, maybe I'm not that optimistic because if you think about the guy who um, who was let go, that was doing the uh, the OS 10 automation stuff. Like, I don't like. I don't know. I I, I yeah, I'm just I'm not entirely sure oh, of that. Sal uh, something, right? Yeah, like I mean, like because I I use Automator and services and stuff like that in OS 10 fairly fairly commonly. Again, that's one of those things that I can listen to a podcast while I'm doing, um, and then still maintain focus. But like uh, workflow is something that's never really stuck with me, and and I'm I would probably say I'm maybe in the target audience for it, and I don't want Apple to think that that is an appropriate or like that that handles what automation and um power user like whatever like advanced stuff on os 10 or sorry on ios should be so yeah i don't know like i I hope they don't destroy this product because it sounds like it fills in a lot of gaps for people who who try to do productivity work on uh, an ios device but yeah i don't I, i don't know yeah i mean i think we're just we're gonna really have to to wait and see yeah um, I will let you, so we have, a, we have a little secret, uh, topics outlined. What, what do you, what do you think, uh, goes next since we're running long? Um, I think we got probably time for probably like two other tech topics here. Um, I, I I'm kind of tempted to go with the, the galaxy S eight because it feels like that was the other big product announcement that happened since the last show. Yeah, so yeah, let's let's do it. So uh, the Galaxy S8 was revealed revealed by a very very cautious Samsung um, at their press event on March 29th, and it is um, the logical follow up to the Galaxy S7. Um, it seems like a very good competent phone um, that does like I mean Samsung's been making very good phones for a while, the Note 7 notwithstanding. Um, and and it's it's a it's a phone that has a, a, a what they call the infinity display. I think it's it's got an edge to edge screen, which is nice. Um, it has it, which means that it curves around the edges, and there's almost no bezel. Like the home button has been eliminated. Um, the only thing at the very top of the display are the is the iris scanner and the front facing dis, uh, front facing camera. So like it's a very nice phone physically. Like it feels great to hold. Um, so like it's it's just another in a long line of very well made and competent Android products that Samsung's released. Um, it has a couple of things other than the Infinity Display that they're trying to differentiate on something called the Bixby Virtual Assistant and some other stuff like that. But um, I mean, I think they're they're going to sell a, a crap ton of these. I think the Pixel has probably been more um, successful than people might have banked on. But um, yeah, I, mean, I think I think it's a very competent product. And I, and I do think they definitely beat Apple to the punch in terms of making that like edge to edge display or, or maybe iterating more on what the form factor of a smartphone looks like when Apple in the past, other than the big screen phones, has been the one that's um, 
generally been the pioneer there. So I think actually the the feature I want to get your take on, which is, which is what I added to my notes around it, was they they have some feature around being able to, to dock the phone and kind of turning it into like a, a desktop, laptop, traditional computer, which I, I always, I forget the name of that. We made a joke about this a week or two ago. What was that Android phone that tried to do that before? Well, so there was in the okay, this, so there was the motor uh, the Motorola. It was on AT and T. It was the Motorola Atrix yeah, 4G a- Atrix, HD, right. I think. Right. Yeah. Um, and they had um, uh, an accessory called the um, the was the WebTop. Um, hold on. That's that sounds right. Yeah. I think the WebTop was the thing that you could plug your TV into. Um, I don't know, but anyway, it doesn't really matter. Um, it's it's not it's not a thing that anybody cares about. It because in in 2011 it didn't um it didn't go anywhere and it probably won't go anywhere now. And this was a thing. Remember when we were looking at HP's incomprehensible website, where there was that thing where they said they had a three in one or something, where like you could turn your Windows phone into a um full fledged laptop. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think any of this stuff's ever going to become a thing. Like, that wasn't popular when the Motorola phones were out. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't know, it's not going to be a thing. Because, like, it, it, it's not going to be a good experience compared to a um, to a laptop or, or a tablet. It, and it's, prob- like, it probably makes your phone a little bit worse. I don't, I just don't get who this appeals to. Yeah, I... I mean, it's, I feel like a, a broken record talking about this over and over again, but the idea of trying to kind of have one device that does these completely disparate things, it just never seems like a good idea to me. Yeah, it's like a populist president. <laughs> just like a populist president, you're right. So what are you going to... When you visit me in jail? Um... Or do you think that you know, that would get you on a list too? I guess it depends on what jail you got put into. Uh, the Marina, the Marina jail, <laughs> right? Um. All right. So I mean, that, that's that's about it with the essay. Like, it it seems like it's gonna be a very confident phone, and it does feel like Apple got lapped a little bit. And I think maybe Apple, like, this is just complete conjecture, but Apple probably wasn't hoping to get lapped. I don't. Like, I really don't think it was an Apple's plan to make three years worth of the iPhone 6. Yeah, I, I don't either. I, I just I, really don't. I think so. Yeah, I've, I've been thinking a little bit about that. And, I, you know, I I really don't think that Apple has been sort of waiting for the 10th anniversary of the iPhone t- for there to be this, you know, super big hardware revision. I, I, I think it was it was probably meant to come this last year was supposed to be the iphone 7 and and just ended up getting delayed and so now because of the timing i could see them sort of playing up the the 10 year anniversary thing but yeah i I totally agree where that i don't think that was the original plan yeah and so i think you know i i I said this also i think on on the last show that we did i think it's a totally reasonable thing to point out that apple has on the hardware side become pretty stagnant with the iPhone, but you know, I think all these conversations we're having about that and about the S8, um, 
you know, whopping the iPhone, as you would say, are going to be moot come September or October this year. Yeah, but I, I do think that says a little bit about the um, the prestige of Apple. Because whether or not, like, I mean, because we know Apple is never going to be the most popular of anything. Like, they, they, they are, Apple is extremely well with the um, being the most profitable handset maker. And, and they, they generally, for all the crap I give them, do have the best software of any smartphone manufacturer, although that's becoming increasingly debatable. But um, I don't know, like, they, they always were, like, in, in terms of, like, just having, like, software and hardware and graphics processors and stuff that meant for like fluid scrolling and that kind of stuff um making the first retina display making the first fingerprint sensor that was um responsive and and uh easy to use and that kind of stuff like all those things seem to be the things that apple like that what's what's the bs that like steve jobs or tim cook would always say like it's it's only apple it just seems like like a bezel-less display and like that kind of stuff like that's always what apple would do at the high end because they were the company that did that kind of thing and i don't know like the product just seems fairly stagnant and just like this whole thing about um the 10th anniversary edition is gonna be it's gonna be amazing guys could just because it's because of some date like i mean i hope it's great but just i don't know I, I still like and this goes along with the mac thing a little bit i don't know i just feel a little a little weird about apple right now and i don't know could be wrong hope i'm wrong but it is what it is I think you're wrong. I want to be wrong. I don't want to use an Android phone, man. <sighs> um, let's let's check in with a couple of other things. I think a lot of this will be brief. So, have you used Facebook Stories yet? No, I have. I haven't used Instagram Stories either. You got to use Instagram Stories, man. Instagram Stories is a fantastic knockoff of a Snapchat product that was made to be far more usable. Like, uh, but no, I, I. Yeah, but it seems like it's 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 best served when you're using it for video i mean i know some people use it just for images but that's boring and i and i just i just don't really i don't do video it's i don't know like it, it's nice like to have something where you can maybe not care that much like I, I like i'm super picky about what i post to instagram like it's it's probably like my favorite social network like so i there's a high threshold to anything that i post there but like Instagram stories, like because it only lasts for 24 hours, like there's there's a far lower bar to 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 that kind of thing. So um, I don't know, like I think it's a good product, but like now that that's actually creeped all the way into the core Facebook product, it seems weird. Um, and like uh, I've seen all of like since its inception, like all of three people post uh, an Instagram story. Like, it seems like it's not getting used at all. Yeah. And the way that I think about it is that, you know, I, th I think Facebook's one of the, one of Facebook's challenges with everyone's transition to mobile has just been the fact that you just have such less screen real estate in general, which is obviously not a original observation with the, with the transition to mobile and what that means for advertising revenue, et cetera. And, you know. It seems like in that in the world where screen real estate is so limited that your initial view in the app when you first open it when you first open it becomes that much more important, and it, it feels so weird to have something take up. I mean, really, like you know, almost what about a an about an eighth or a fifth? Eh, probably, I don't know about that much, but I mean, well, you've, I, you've I, got the big phone though. <laughs> true. Um, 
yeah, it just, it seems so weird to, to have something like that. And to, to exactly to your point, to have it be something that seemingly nobody's using. And then maybe that'll change over time, but. But, but the, the weird part of it is that like Instagram stories, which everybody admitted and knew was a knockoff, like so, like maybe know, literally at least half of the people I follow on Instagram use it. And, and the adoption was super fast. Whereas on, on Facebook, it's been out for a week and like, I think like six people have used it. I don't know, man. Um, but no, the reason I ask is because there's a follow-up to this because like you're, you're young and, and with it. So you, like, and you, you have your finger on the pulse of like what young people are using. Oh, of course. So, yeah. So what is, uh, so is, 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 is my, um, like anecdotal evidence here wrong? Do like, but you're also, you're not a Snapchat user either. No, really, I'm, right? I'm, I'm, I'm not. No, no. Like, and, and like other stuff, like, are, are you using iMessage stickers? Like, is that a thing? I, I have not, I have not installed a single sticker pack and, and to my knowledge have not sent or received a single iMessage sticker. So then who are these young people? Cause like, have you seen, <laughs> like, cause you know, have you seen all like all, every, um, iPhone ad or like Apple ad I've seen in the past month and a half on television or in like print? has been related to iMessage stickers. Like, have you seen these? I have, yeah. Like, what's the deal? I, I, I can't tell you. Okay, well, maybe, all right, maybe we're just, maybe we're both not with it. Maybe, okay. Dang. I was, I was hoping one of us was. We, we had our time in the sun. <laughs> no, moving on. <laughs> Yeah, these young kids don't know how fast old age old age hits you. But that's right. they can listen to the past hundred episodes for that. <laughs> no. That's gonna factor into our show description. So, Still somehow, marinating. Somehow, yeah. Yeah. No. Uh trying not to do too many inside jokes in it, but sure. Right. Um probably gonna be the last thing we talk about. Uh baseball's back. Yeah. I I think that that, that is that's a good one to to touch on. Yeah, so it seems like it's happened quietly this year. Um but it's back. I didn't actually watch the first game other than little bits of it. Um, I think it was kind of on like earlier in the day, wasn't it? Yeah, it was It was a Giants-Diamondbacks game. And it was like, I think it was like a Sunday afternoon game. But apparently like, yeah, Bumgarner had a great hitting day and maybe a, kind of a weird pitching day after the first couple innings. But um, the reason I bring this up is that um, if this is the first season that it's it's being streamed live uh to cable subscribers which is neat but also weird so have you tried it yet i have not so the thing is like are you familiar like do you use um xfinity tv go which i think has been rebranded xfinity stream now occasionally yeah oh so so you're not a big well actually well you probably use because you're a big tivo guy yeah so you probably use tivo for out home streaming that's right yeah i mean like i like xfinity stream just because it is there's less latency and it also doesn't rely on your upstream bandwidth from like your home internet connection. Um, but yeah, if you want to stream Giants games, apparently you have to use the NBC Sports app or the NBC, uh, NBC Sports website, uh, which <laughs> of course only runs with Flash. But that's that's the way that you're able to um, stream the Giants game. But that's I'll I'll, I'll take it. I don't know. Yeah, I'll take it. Gotta take what you can get, man. Yeah. 
Oh, and the and Giants. I don't know. They, they had they had a weird. Um, I don't remember what their record from spring training was, but it, it, it they had a weird year. And I'm sure we're gonna figure it out. And again, we'll we'll make this and we'll we'll switch it up. We we let um, the Cubs have last year. We'll we'll make it an odd numbered year thing. I'm calling it here first. Heard it here first. And then uh, before we wrap up, uh, last thing uh, related to baseball: iOS 10.3 switchable home screen icons. I have it as the Giants logo. I think I'm probably going to switch it back. You've given up on them already? No, I just don't think it's a very good rendition of the Giants logo. Mm. Uh, just it, it, it seemed bland. And I, I will um, reiterate a point that Jason made either on last week or this week's upgrade, which is that um, I use that bat to check out the, sports of, the, the scores of many teams, whereas having the Giants logo there seems maybe a little bit out of place. It's very uh, fair and balanced. <laughs> Sorry, are you trying to make me talk about Bill uh, O'Reilly? Uh huh. Uh huh. <sighs> no, well, we we don't, we don't need to go down that road. Okay, moving on. We'll just jump to to picks of the week, and we'll keep it. Uh, we will um, respect our our listeners' time. So I, I have a a very unconventional pick of the week. Uh, not not T word related. Not not the really. Kind. Yeah, not really related to anything that we normally talk about on this show. I'm intrigued. Um, it is the Broadway show Hamilton. So it came came to San Francisco, um, I guess about a month ago now, um, and I and I was able to go see it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, friend friends of the show Troy and Jacqueline were able to to get tickets, which involved having like seven computers open simultaneously when they first went on sale. It was kind of this whole thing, uh, but kudos to them; they were able to get to get tickets. Um, it is just a incredibly awesome show. Just cannot cannot say enough good things about it. Um, was a little apprehensive going into it, just because you always worry about those things being overhyped, and you know, You're afraid Mike Pence was going to be there, <laughs> right? Um, I just I wasn't sure what I would really think of the music, um, but oh my gosh, it it it's. It's just it's it's by far and away the best live performance of anything I've ever seen. Literally, my first thought after it finished was, "I really want to see that again," which I've never thought of before with a live performance. And I've basically had the the soundtrack on loop since I saw it. It's it's so good. The opening song is pretty goddamn catchy, but um, well, you know, I, I what I would recommend people do um. So I had not listened to a single second of, of any of the music before seeing it, and I, I, I think that was the right way of, of going about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but if you're on the fence, I guess, yeah, listening to that first track gives you a pretty good flavor of what you're in for. And yeah, it, it's... Oh, man. It's so good. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Um, can I ask how much tickets are? Like, is, is it just the secondary market for tickets that's super insanely expensive? Or is it even, like, first-run tickets are, like, s- sell your kids type stuff? <laughs> right. Now, we we ended up getting lower lower bowl tickets for, I think, about 160 or 170 a ticket, which which is which is expensive, which is really expensive, um, but, but quite a bit less than what they're currently going for. Um, although I, I, to me, it seemed like when they first announced they were coming here, it was only going to be a limited run of maybe eight weeks or so. But 
when I last checked, it's running through like the end of August. And I, I think you can still get tickets for later in the run um, for, you know, quite a bit less than what they're currently going for. Like if you wanted to see it next week or something. Wait, oh, so you can actually just get tickets if you want them. I think so. I, th- I think you can. But yeah, anyway, it, it it is really, really good. And if you're if you're looking for an excuse to go and, and need somebody to go with, I, I would be happy to uh happy to see it again. Yeah, but money. Yeah, yeah. That's a fourth an iPhone. Well, or a or a fifth if the um price rumors are to be <laughs> or sorry, iPhone iPhone plus. Uh-huh. Right. They better not call it iPhone Pro. That sounds so dumb. I bet they will. That that's what my money's on now. No, my uh, no. Yeah. Um I'm unfortunately gonna say I don't have one this week. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I apologize. I failed you. Um i it, it's it's been a busy week. Um and I'm not gonna make a Shake Shack burger my pick of the week. Um that's well, pretty damn good though. No, we'll we'll, we'll put well, I'm gonna put that as the as your pick of the week. It was pretty good. I will say, because I ended up um No, never mind. I'm gonna leave it there. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, to extol my my uh relapse into into uh gluttony yeah so you, just, you, no, you, it, you and me you and me both it it's really like, hard the picture i sent to you that included a double order of if unique fries is it's it's shameful enough we we, we could get into this on a, on a different episode but it, it's it's really hard to have any sort of healthy habits when you're traveling like i, I deprive myself of food that tastes like things i've done that for like the past seven years <laughs> um it's it's uh, yeah i like food that tastes like things yeah mm-hmm. but things like i generally i'm i have an easy job like i i can stay away from a lot of terrible stuff um anyway we'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that yeah yeah well i hope everybody liked today's episode i apologize well actually no I, i'm i think as the, as the millennials say sorry not sorry that's right about the about the start of this i think uh, the when we don't talk about uh, consumer electronics and, and technology is generally the the best part of this. I, th- I think that's what people tune in for. I think they do. And if they're tuning in, I think they probably have their computer misconfigured. So <laughs> that's how it goes. Well, uh, until they misconfigure their computers next week. Until next time. <laughs>